everybody. How you doing? How you living? Austin Cunningham, Justin Trees, and Dan Kiefer coming to you with another episode of Talking Football. And let me tell you, I am very excited about today's episode as we're going to be discussing the Hard Knocks episode that just aired last night on Max, not HBO, not HBO Max, just on Max. We're going to dive into that. A little bit of news in the sports betting world and then Alvin Kamara and his suspension and his future with the New Orleans Saints. Maybe they're bringing in Kareem Hunt. Maybe they're not. But boys, how are you doing this evening? It's great, man. Tell you what. I told earlier, 57 days, and I'll be going to see my guy, Trace, down in Utah. And we are what? Till real football, under three weeks till college kicks off? Life is good. It's great. Temperature's dropping. It is 70 degrees outside right now. Light breeze. I can feel it in the air. Football's back. I think we got 24 days until NFL football starts. So Hell yeah. And we got preseason this week. So Yes, sir. Good vibes. Good we're vibes. Good. We're good. Vibes yeah. are through the roof, ain't they, boys? Through the roof. Through the roof. Yep. The ceiling is the roof. Some might say we've had, we have had a ton of fun leading up to today's show. Yeah, these guys Some these guys think say. that I've just been coming at them way too hard pre-show. So my apologies. We'll get we'll get through this. The whole we thing this is a joke. Dude. It's fine. Yeah, it's cool. the, we're, I'm the bigger person talk. card all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's, that's well, awesome. I, I'm, I'm the, I decided to have a little self-reflection, self-scouting. Yep, yep yeah. exactly. Ooh, ooh. But but you're right. When this episode comes out, it's three weeks till Utah, Florida, and I'm just so pumped. So ready to rock and roll. I was looking at the I was looking at some of the lines, and there's some college football lines that I think on week one that are just wrong. That are just pure wrong. And I think they probably get fixed over the next like week or two. So I think we got to take advantage of some of those lines. I was going to say, when Ooh. are we sharing the love on those then? I mean, I would love to know when we are going to do that. <laughs> I know we need I would, to. I would love to know when Trees decides he's going to share his knowledge. Yeah. Well, um, Tulane is only minus seven against South Alabama. I think that's a huge line to take Tulane. I know South Alabama's defense is good, but I think Tulane is here to stay. Uh, what Boise State was uh, plus sixteen, and I thought that that was that was a bad line. And then there's yeah, one I think Bo- Boise's very underrated right yeah, now. Yeah, they're playing Washington, I I believe, and they're like plus sixteen, sixteen and a half. Um, and Washington's going to be really good, but that's just a lot of points for Week One. Like Boise's Boise will be ready for that game. And let's not forget that UTEP is a half point dog against Jacksonville State. And there's that. Oh, and what huge. was it? Huge. huge. Oh, and then Utah State. Huge. Utah State was like 23 point dogs to Iowa. Like, Iowa doesn't score that. Yeah, we points. talked about that. And there's no way their defense is scoring three touchdowns and a safety. Exactly. No way. So, yeah. So, like, clearly, the Utah State is going to cover that. So, anyways, those are some. I mean, lines. I was going to score 25 points per game this year. Yeah, they are. So, just can't give up three in that case. Um, all right, so let's talk. Let's let's jump with Alvin Kamara first. So Kamara suspension officially came down, and it is three games. I kind of thought it was going to be four. It's three. Um, how does this make you guys feel for fantasy purposes and just for the Saints in general? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, really, the first. Sorry, who wants to go first? Me go. No, first. you go right ahead. You go. You go. Sorry that I. Sorry that I jumped you there. I know that I don't want us. Go ahead, Austin. Go ahead, okay. Austin. Uh, with Alvin Kamara, it's, it's more so the fact that like the first three to five games of the season don't really play that much of into a factor. You know what I mean? You're still trying to figure your team out or whatnot. And I think the Saints have a lot more to figure out instead of just the impact that Alvin Kamara is going to have on your team, especially when you're possibly bringing in Kareem Hunt. I know he went and visited the Colts uh, this week and ended up leaving without a deal. Um so it looks like he's probably going to go to the New Orleans Saints. And if that's the case, you are completely okay losing Alvin for, you know, a couple of weeks up to this point and then maybe giving him another week or so to kind of get back in the swing of things and then putting him in the game. But, like, when you look at the Saints, your defense is getting older. You need to make sure they're all in tune and ready to rock and roll and staying healthy. And then Michael Thomas is my big question mark for the Saints still. Is is he ready to rock and roll? How's his ankle? How are his knees? How's his hamstrings? How How is he feeling right now after this massive payday and then not stepping on the football field in, what, two years it seems like, of being like an actual productive week-in and week-out guy? 
Yeah. And uh, for me, it's just kind of more of a, how does this really change anything for Kamara besides that, you know, he's going to be missing the first three games because if you look at the saints and their backfield situation, it was already going to be Kamara, Jamal Williams, Kendra Miller, the rookie that they're apparently really high on. And now if they bring in Kareem Hunt, I mean, it was always going to be a committee. So for the fantasy side, I don't think I was ever really interested in Kamara unless it was a massive discount because he was, he's not going to be the target hog. He's always been, you know, and we've already seen last year, he lost some efficiency. So maybe the committee keeps him fresh and he's a guy you can uh, get from a team that's 0 and three and keep him on your bench for a while. And then late in the season, he'll still be fresh because of the committee and he can have one of those boom games. We've seen Kamara, have where you know he drops a 30 burger and you win your week but uh for me i don't think it really matters a whole lot just because i wasn't interested in kamar from the get-go but just for reference the first three games of the year are going to be saints titans panthers and packers so i mean those are three good games to miss for the saints like i don't think they're gonna miss them a whole lot yeah all winnable games as well so yeah definitely yeah uh, I will say I got him in some some drafts uh, for some best ball drafts in like round like eight, just a couple okay. of weeks ago. Which I was like, I'll take him in round eight, like in the eighties, like that's awesome. Uh, but now I just looked; he's going in the forties, so he's now going in round four, and I'm like, yeah, I want no part of. Yeah, that. I'm not about that. Yeah, not so, about it at all. Anyways. You should be drafting guys that you plan on starting every week round four. Yeah, exactly. Now, for some people, you know, that are kind of sitting there hearing that and like, well, okay, so he's getting him in the 80s a couple weeks ago. Now he's going in the 40s. Where are you looking to see those numbers? To see those averages? Uh, I mean, it just all depends on like where you want to go, right? Like you could go into sleeper, for example, uh, draft. I mean, you could go into any anywhere where you draft and you can like look and see their rankings and that type of stuff. So uh, like I did underdog um specifically for this one um and then i'm looking because we're doing a sleeper draft here in a few minutes i just looked at sleeper and he's also at 43 here in sleeper too so that's kind of where where i'm seeing these numbers um all right cool so sorry anything else on tomorrow before we move on nope okay cool um let's move on into let's move on to the espn bet slash barstool stuff like I don't know why I'm so fascinated by this story, but like, I really am. <laughs> um, so I don't know if ever, if you guys even know the full story yet or anything like that, but basically here's, here's a rough summary of it. So over the last two years, three years, um, Penn entertainment has bought bar still for like $500 million, just a couple of 584 million, 584. Thank you. Um, and so the the ending of it to make it so Penn owed a hundred owned a hundred percent of it happened just a few months ago it happened this year. Now Penn wants to end up going over to ESPN to get all of their users because they've realized that they are still way behind DraftKings and FanDuel when it comes to uh sp- sportsbook gambling online. So they're like, okay, let's go to ESPN. ESPN says, yeah, we can make this deal. One point five billion dollars, by the way, is that deal? <laughs> um. And but they're like, but we're not doing this if you're affiliated with Barstool Sports. So you got to figure that out. So Penn comes to Dave Portnoy and says basically, like, hey, I know we just paid you $580 million for this company, but we'll give this back to you for basically free if you won, if you ever sell the company again, we get 50% of the money that you sell it for. And then two, you can never make a deal with another sports betting company. So they couldn't go to DraftKings and make a deal or FanDuel or anything like that. So Barstool can't do, like the Barstool Sportsbook is just dead? So Barstool Sportsbook is going to turn into ESPN bet. So the Barstool Sportsbook is dead? It mm-hmm. is dead, correct. Right, under under the name and affiliation the name. of correct. Barstool. Correct, but our I bets- didn't realize that. Barstool couldn't also do any more betting because I feel like that kind of kills what Barstool has become. They can right. bet, they can, they can gamble and say what their bets are. They can't, they just cannot advertise what sports book they are using. Okay. Really? Yeah. Because yeah. they're like big thing is they have the, is it the sports advisors, the Sunday advisors? Yeah. yeah they have whatever all that. It is. They do that. Yeah. They, they'll do that. And they'll just be like, the general line is minus seven. So that's what we're using. They're just not going to say, we got this from 
Barstool Sports book, or we got this from MGM, or we got this from DraftKings. They'll just say sure. like it'll just say like what the line is. Okay. So I feel like that kind of sucks for Barstool. I feel like that kind of hinders them. A I think it bit, hinders but, Barstool, but it's a great deal for Portnoy. Yeah, it's a great yeah, but like also they did this is what they did less than two years ago before the sports book became a thing. Like they, they were doing this already and they just had lines and they just didn't say go to this site to, to bet. Right. So, sure. well, I thought they were with like FanDuel and stuff, weren't they? Mm-mm. No, no. So, anyways, interesting. Crazy though. Like imagine selling a company for 580 million and then you just get a call back, hey, you can have it back for free. <laughs> like, yeah, just give he, us a dollar. That's should. all we got to at least write he, down. Yeah. He literally just doubled his, his net worth in a matter of hours for doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> like it's crazy to me. I don't know. It's, it's a wild totally, scenario. Totally unrelated, but um, I have an investment opportunity for you too. <laughs> oh yeah. What's that? If it's a sports book, I'm not interested because clearly it does not make money. <laughs> All right. Well, I was just hoping you'd give it back to me in a couple months. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, anyways, you I really thought, don't think these sports books make money. They don't. There's like, so I mean, if you go to, not when they're not when we're betting on them. You, yeah, exactly. You can hey. find. I like that. You can find like it's so like uh, Vegas does a report. I think every month of like their winnings and, and losses, and s- sports books is always like under under four percent. Like what they where, actually where do they really? make the most money then? Blackjack is their number one thing. Seriously? Yeah, blackjack and roulette are their number. That surprises me because like when I go to casinos and stuff. Like I'm the best at blackjack. Yeah. But you, there's just people like, and I'm most, really good at losing money on bets. Yeah, I, right. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. So, anyway. So I just thought it was wild. I think it's a very interesting concept and in, like how much Penn is putting stock into ESPN and like all of those people wanting to transfer over and to use an ESPN when, if we're all being honest, like ESPN has kind of gone to trash. <laughs> like, in the sports world over the last yeah. few years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other thing with Disney too, or with ESPN, excuse me, is that you're getting Disney as well. So like your, your outreach nearly triples from what it was with Barstool. Oh, way you're more triples. Get all the old heads as well from ESPN that never wanted anything to do with Barstool or any ties mm-hmm. to it. And now that something says ESPN, people are like, oh shit, ESPN's got betting. Hell yeah. Screw Barstool. I don't want anything to do with them. It's the same fucking thing. You know what I mean? It's the same company. It's just whatever label you're putting on it. Yeah, so I really hope there's a uh, live, so. like you know, on ESPN and NFL Network. I mean, there's always the bar at the bottom, like yeah. scrolling news. I really hope on Disney Plus now there's a gambling bar going. So sick. when I'm watching Dino Ranch with the boys, I can see what the lines are. Yeah, your, your son's in the middle of freaking Lion King, and you're like, "That's the spread." One second, boys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we gotta pause this because I want to see yeah. what happens. To, I want to see what happens to Mufasa. Pause. Yeah, love it. Also, not has nothing to do with that, but golf, golf courses for the love of God, just get Sunday ticket on your screens so then we can golf on Sundays and still be watching football. Best of both worlds. What do you mean on your screens? Yeah, what? Like in the you mean in the clubhouse? No. Oh, so yeah, no. So on your golf carts, the screens. Nope. Sorry. Oh yeah. So sorry. You have screens on your golf carts dog what Dude, we have giant screens and it has gps it tells you where it's going you order your food there you can watch what, it. what? yeah you watch previews of the of the hole so you can see where to hit it oh dan, we ain't got that dan just no wonder you're, you're good at golf you have all this freaking hell that's yeah, your privilege dog james bond of the golf world Man, so you this wouldn't crazy. survive on these courses you would have I a would. freaking Dude, clue we in the streets i was streets we in knee high weeds you, don't, you wouldn't no, stand no. a chance out here. We're in the tee box. We're in the tee box. Like, yeah, it's a dog leg right. Trust me, the hole's yep. over there. You got to slice. Just swing away, partner. Bloop, water. Hey, Dan. Yep. Dan, in 57 yeah. days, you're going to be at, you're going to see it. You're going to be like, shit. Like, this Man, is, I'm excited. This is and also, this is where I get the, hey, the hot, the whole hot dog situation fiasco that we had over the you weekend. Watch your, you watch yeah, this your guy's got an issue man. with hot dog rollers or hot dogs on yeah. rollers. There ain't nothing, ain't nothing like playing the That's front the backbone of America. A dog, the hot dog getting a dog the off the course. roller. Self serve boys with the Shit. boys. 
Yeah, you come in after shooting a 65 on the front nine, nothing's going to make it better in the back nine except a dog and another six-pack of beer to drink away your miseries. Literally and by the happened. time you get to a whole 14, you're like, shit, kind of wish I would have got some crackers too because now I'm hungry. Well, listen, Told you. I front do nine all that. Sunday, front nine Sunday, miserable, golfed a 58, hated my life, hit the clubhouse, grabbed a six-pack of beer, a vodka lemonade, and a roller dog, went out, shot a 48. First time in my life I was under 50. Do not downplay the importance of roller dog. Listen, I'm just saying you, you're going to see it. Dude, so they, the course by me, they cut the dog in half. They grill it on both sides so it's nice. It's an open space hot dog. Yes. And then they, then they get the, then they get the bun and grill that. And then you put that on there and then you put the condiments inside the split hot dogs and then you close it. And it is so you still, fantastic. So you still got so the dog. That's a sandwich. That's not a hot dog anymore. That's why oh, the hot dog for sandwich this. argument has started is because you freaking weirdos decided to cut Utah. a hot dog in half and put the condiments in the middle. The condiment get, goes on top of the hot dog. You this get is the most un-American thing ever heard this is like Utah. i feel like this is the people when they get to jurassic park and they're like you know you were too busy how's that go you were too busy uh realizing that you can't even think about if you should wait nature, until you have it the first time nature right nature right finds when you way. get to my house we're gonna go straight over there we're not gonna be playing <laughs> the golf, the golf course. course we're not even this we're guy needs to get to the golf course open, this guy needs an open-faced dog yeah and you're gonna love it and you're gonna make shit you're probably right that's what you're gonna say now, so, I mean, I it makes wait. so much more sense why people make the argument of a, if a, a hot dog is a sandwich or not. Yep, yeah. I guess so. But anyways. Um, what were we talking about? Hard knocks. Tomorrow? Sports we're going to hard, we're gonna go over to hard knocks now. Um, Dan is not, hot takes to hard knocks. Yeah. Dan hasn't watched it yet. Um, oh, brother. So Dude, this I don't have bit. HBO. I, it's Max. I, it's Max. And I don't I one. And I also gave you my login. No, you didn't. You said oh. you would, and then you didn't. Oh he no, I gave it to you. I didn't actually. I didn't because he said, "Okay, I'm gonna fit. I'm gonna end my whatever peacock, peacock, oh, peacock one, cock, and cock. then do, and then turn this one on." So yeah, so that's why I didn't. I'm gonna anyway. end my peacock. <laughs> Anyways, Austin, what'd you think? End the peacock. Uh, the narrative around Aaron Rodgers has been wrong this whole time, <laughs> and like. I feel like I've been at the defense of Aaron Rodgers for years, and I absolutely love seeing this. The Aaron Rodgers has been portrayed one way in the media, and everybody's wrong. The dude's freaking chill. Like you hear those defense, you hear the defensive guys on the Jets talking about, like, yeah, he's freaking chill. You hear the offensive guys, like, yeah, he's freaking cool. Garrett Wilson's like, yeah, you know, you've been growing up watching sports, watching ball my whole life. You know, you see all the media, you know, you see the TV and stuff, and. You know, they paint this picture perspective of how someone is, and then you meet them in your life. And that's not how they all are, and they're actually a lot different. It's like, yeah, Aaron Rodgers just everyone just likes to nitpick the guy for whatever. And I know how he comes across, and sometimes he thinks he's smarter than everybody else. Well, a lot of other people also think they're smarter than a lot of other people, and they come off the same way and don't even realize it, or they just don't care. I think with Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, it's like, this is his opportunity to be the old guy in the young guy room again and be like appreciated and be welcomed and be wanted. And not saying that he wasn't wanted in Green Bay, of course, but Green Bay clearly got tired of it and he was clearly getting tired of Green Bay and the way things were being handled. And it's a fresh start for everybody. And I think Aaron Rodgers is thoroughly loving it. And even when you look at, you know, uh, Zach Wilson, he, he, you can tell he just was not prepared to take on that. He, he just, he wasn't. There should have been a better situation for him to come into with the Jets. I think it was crazy even looking back for the Jets to go like, yeah, we're going to bring in a kid from BYU and have him be the face of a franchise in New York City. This kid, he'd probably never been to New York before, let alone dealing with meeting and answering questions like that and this scale in the NFL. It's just an awful situation for him to be in. And now it's like he's relearning the quarterback position, but in a way of how to be great and then how to be a leader as well. And I think that's awesome. I think the future for the Jets is going to be totally different just because Aaron Rodgers is on the team this year. Yeah. Um, well, I don't think BYU, going to BYU has anything to do with it. He for sure has been to New York. His, his uncle owns JetBlue Airlines. He for sure has traveled plenty. Uh, given was he not ready, clearly. I don't think that had to do with him being from BYU, though. I will say that. I mean, BYU is like they're, they're small. Like, that's not a school that you're seeing a lot of guys come out into the league and being dominant at the quarterback position. Steve Young, yes, but, like, 
still. Yeah. Again. He also was in a situation where he sat behind a great quarterback for a couple of years and then got the starting position and then ran with it. Yeah. Maybe that's what Zach Wilson could do. He's the next Steve Young. Yeah. Just, Somebody clip that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Um, okay. But anyways, my take is I actually agree with everything Austin just said, except for the whole way you think. Um, this was my favorite first episode of Hard Knocks ever, and I have the highest hopes of this show. And I think that this might be one of my favorite seasons of all time. Like, it was awesome. They didn't even get to, like, Brees Hall. They didn't even get to Quinn and Williams. Like, they've, they've it's got a new feel to it as well. It does. It really does. So, and I think that I love the the players that they kind of really interacted with and stuff like that. Um, so I'm so excited for the rest of the rest of the episode, rest of preseasons, because I think it's going to be a good one. That's love it. that. Uh, looking forward to watching it tomorrow at Let's work. See, when do you watch it? Yeah. Watching it at work, right on. Okay. Yeah. Have you guys seen the Johnny Manziel doc yet? Not yet, but I'm oh, very much. On? I just I keep seeing Netflix. the clip of his agent being like, the general manager gave me a call and said he's not watching any film, and he's like, oh come on, he's got to be watching some film. And he's like, no, his iPad says zero point zero zero, and then it goes to Johnny Manziel, and he's holding up yeah. to zero. I freaking started dying laughing when that happened. Uh-huh. God dang it, that's so good. I've not yeah. seen this show yet, but I just saw that clip on Twitter. Oh, or X, excuse me. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it this weekend for sure, and then obviously super excited for the the Swamp Kings here in here in a few weeks. So that one's gonna be awesome. I don't know why you just for the Gators. Much. I was thinking like. The, there used to be a show on like the History Channel or something. Swamp people. people. Yeah, Swamp, swamp people. people. That's exactly where my mind is. Gotta get them gators. I'm just yeah. like, why in the world are you bragging about watching that show? Toot them, Elizabeth. Toot them. Nope. Not it. Not it. All right. Okay. okay. Thank let's you dive for knowing in. what I'm talking about, Dan. Yeah. I no idea. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on. We're going to do a little sleeper action. We're going to do a mock draft. 12-team PPR league. Uh, I'm going with pick four. Austin's going right behind me at pick five, and then Dan is going to go towards the end and go with 10. So yep. that is where we're at. We'll talk you through our picks and uh, as we're going, and we'll go from there. So, Dan, kick us All off. All right, and uh, here we go. All right, so right away, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase come off the board, and then Austin Eckler before Treese is yeah. up. So uh, I think that the top five is great to be in because you get Jefferson, Chase, Eckler, Christian McCaffrey, or Cooper Cup. I think those are kind of clearly the top five. Um, I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey at number four. I think that he's the clear cut, either number three or number four. I do agree that the wide receiver should go one and two, and then these running backs should follow with the, And then you got the Cup and Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey following it. So I'm going with uh, Christian uh, McCaffrey, Austin, you're on the clock. Perfect. So for me, I've kind of gone with the the running back heavy situation to start drafts, and I feel like it never works out for me. And I do feel like the running back position is much deeper this year in terms of just kind of you realize a lot of teams are going with running back by committee type of situation, and you're not necessarily going to be the workhorses that they used to be in the league. So for me, I'm going to try and get a receiver to start right off the board, and I want someone who's going to be the number one guy and he's not sharing anything Target-wise, so I'm not going to take Tyreek Hill. Cooper Cup, I just – he's not healthy right now. I don't think he's going to be healthy again, and I think it's going to be extremely difficult or if ever for him to repeat as a triple crown as receiver in the NFL. So I'm going to go with Stefan Diggs, actually, right here at five. Again, number one receiver in Buffalo, Josh Allen's your quarterback. You're going to see a ton of targets, and the guy just lights it up week in and week out. I, I really thought you were going to take Travis Kelce there. Like the way you're yeah. building it up. Yep. Uh, so, all right. Well, uh, after Austin, it went Tyreek, Kels, Cooper Cup, and then Bijan before I'm on the clock, which blows because I was actually very much looking forward to grabbing Bijan at 10 and uh, for our Falcons. Uh, so here on the turn, I got 10, and then I got two, three coming back around. Saquon's out there, CeeDee Lamb. I think this is actually a pretty easy pick, in my opinion. Uh, there's still a running back that I think it finishes RB1, and it's the best natural runner in the league, and it's Nick Chubb. 
Yeah, I like that. Obviously, you worry about the pass catching, but Chubb's going to get a lot of the carries. And without Hunt, he probably could get a lot more uh, catches as well. So I like that pick. Right after that, uh, pick 11 goes A.J. Brown, 12 Barkley, and then 12 repeats at 13 goes St. Brown, then C.D. Lamb. And now, Dan, you are back on the clock. So I feel like we're all going to get put into buckets here. And since you two pick very close to each other, that might happen. I'm getting put into a bucket right here where a lot of the top end wide receivers are gone. Yep. And I was very much so talking myself into taking either Jonathan Taylor or Derek Henry. And I've now talked myself out of that. Okay. Because I'm looking at this, like ideally in the first two rounds, if you want to like stay balanced the entire draft, so you can always draft best player, not for need, right? Nobody wants to get put in a corner where they draft for need. So I, I want to stay balanced. If I could get a wide receiver one and a running back one of the first two rounds, outstanding that's what's going to happen so i'm taking Devonte adams from the vegas i think going uh getting jimmy g he's going to get fed targets again waller's gone going to be another wide receiver one year yeah and then um after that jonathan taylor went is who i thought you were going to go with uh and then pat patty mahomes at eight uh pick or team seven goes Derek henry team six goes jalen hurts and now austin is on the clock Yep. And so right there, I was kind of weighing my options of maybe getting to take Derrick Henry, maybe even going quarterback this early just because, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurst are going to up a ton of points. If you miss out on a top receiver running back, your quarterbacks are putting up enough points up each week that it's going to make the difference there for you. Going to stick with my mindset of, hey, you know, running backs a little deeper this year. Got some other options that I might be able to get here at round three since I'm kind of in the beginning, middle of this draft. Next up, though, for me, I'm going to take another primetime receiver who I'm expecting to have a massive year. That's going to be Garrett Wilson staying in the same division as well. Nice. Yeah, really like that. Um, I'm very – I'm tempted here by multiple picks. Um, you guys have got – so you went double wide receiver. You kind of went even, Kiefer. Um, I mean, I really like Waddle. I, I'm very tempted there. I think, I think Tony Pollard is a great choice there. Man, I even like Chris Olave here and and even Devontae so, Smith. How do you guys view Waddle? Because I think he's always in a weird bucket because there's Tyreek on the team. There's the questions to his health, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Waddle is a wide receiver too. He is. He is. That's, but he's also, you know, ADP wise going right here in the second round. He is. So, I mean, there's just questions there, right? Because of the health of Tua and you're always going to be competing with, with Hill. Do I? Yep. I really, really like Waddle. I do, but yeah. like, I'm with you. Like, it, it seems a little. I early. think he's interesting. A he, he's early. a he's a wide receiver one on your fantasy team, yeah. but he's a wide receiver two in real life. You know, totally. it, it it just feels weird. Yep, yep. Um, I I'm looking down the order, and I actually see some wide receivers I do like. So I'm actually gonna go double up on running back, and I'm gonna take Tony Pollard here. I think that they're gonna run okay. the ball a lot with him. Um, and I feel like I'm going to just be set on pass catching running backs with McCaffrey and Pollard. Okay, so around, after trees, goes, go ahead. Then it goes Josh Jacobs, Jalen Waddle, Josh Allen, ending out round two, heading into round three. Back to Devonte goes to Devonte Smith for team one. Team two goes Stevenson. Then team three goes Chris Olave. Almost snuck right there to where you could get him, especially when you're sitting there questioning him as your second pick. Could have got him with your third, but now Trace, you're back on the clock. Yeah, I was honestly hoping either Alave or Smith would fall, and neither of them did. So that kind of hurts me a little bit there. Um, I do like Metcalf this year. Um, I also could go. I think I'm going to go. Man, I could even go Lamar Jackson here and just get my quarterback another running threat here and just really just say, I'm going to be really rely on the run game with Lamar Jackson as well. Uh, man, this one's tough, man. I really was hoping that Lave or Smith would fall Metcalf. I'm going well, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take, I'm going to take Lamar Jackson here at three, mm-hmm. usually a little early than what I like to take quarterbacks, but that's why we do these mock drafts to try out new things sometimes. So I just took Lamar Jackson. Yep, and I'm going to go just doubled up on receivers. Thought about going quarterback as well. A tight end, don't really want to go. You know, I don't want to take a pick of Mark Andrews or TJ Hawkinson right here. feel like I can maybe get them a little later or just find separate value with Goddard or Waller or Ingram later in the draft. So I'm actually going to go running back right now. I'm going to take Najee Harris 
thinking he's going to have a big year, still the primary workhorse, you know, looking at Pittsburgh with two tight ends in a situation. And then you got George Pickens at receiver. And I just think you look at Pittsburgh, they have these weapons now going to open running lanes for Najee Harris instead of it just being, Hey, run the ball into this just eight man box because the defense knows we have no other choice. Right. And so after Austin, it was a uh, Debo T Higgins, Travis ETM, who I really wanted to follow me and then Mark Andrews. So I'm up here and Burroughs right there. Uh, guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I feel like this is a great uh, not be picking because there's just like a dead zone of guys who are all like, eh, right here. Like it feels early. It feels early. It feels early. I don't love Brees Hall coming off injury. DK Metcalf scares me, even though he seems to produce every year. Jameer Gibbs kind of scares me. I think we're going to do a little stack in here. I'm going to see if this works out. I'm going to take in Allen and I'm going to pray that Justin Herbert gets back to me, and he did because four backs went. Brees Hall, Joe Mixon, Kenneth Walker, and Jameer Gibbs. So, no, I am sprinting up to the podium. I understand Burrow's on there, but I feel like we're underrating Justin Herbert again, awesome. and I've not been a Herbert defender by any means, but Kellen Moore coming in, they added to the receiving core. I mean, guys, I, I think he's a great pick, especially if I can get him and Allen together with that little stacky stack. I love it. I love it. All right. So after that goes Metcalf, Aaron Jones, there goes Alvin Kamara, and then George Kittle. And now Austin is on the clock. Yep. And I'm kind of sitting here thinking, now, do I want to double up on running back? Do I want to try and grab another receiver? There's some names sitting here, but I might try and do what uh, Kiefer just did and kind of stack it on the back end. Um, so I'm actually going to go quarterback here, Trevor Lawrence. That's a lie. Ooh. That's a lie. I was going to say, I have a feeling that that wide receiver will not get back to you. <laughs> Son of a bug. The silence. The silence. Yeah, is this is, this what, is tough what, now what because now he's definitely not going to come back around to me. No, he won't. So I'm just actually I'm going to take him now, and I'll just stack up on his quarterback on the other side. So I'm taking Calvin Ridley here. So I've pretty much gone three receivers and a running back in my first four rounds. But I'm okay. very happy with my team. Yeah, I think it's I think it's really solid. I think that was a good choice there. Um. I'm actually going to take a dude that I'm super high on this year at wide receiver. That's a, that's Amari Cooper. I think that he had maybe mm. his best year ever, like legit ever last year. And he w- had a carousel of quarterbacks. And now you get a full off season and a full season with Watson. I could see him really exploding and being back to a top 10 wide receiver in all fantasy. So I'm taking Amari Cooper here and feeling pretty good that he is uh, my wide receiver one. So uh, Teresa's audio little, quit there yeah, for a second. Yeah, well, I'm hoping since he's the uh, since he's the home computer, I was hoping it, it, it got in. It got so, yeah, it he got loves, in. He loves he he's he loves Calvin Ridley and he's back on the clock. Yeah. So um okay, am I back now? We're good. We're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're good. Okay, you're cool. good. Um so yeah, Joe Burrow, Hawkinson, Watson, <laughs> DJ Moore. I know you guys just went over this. I'm just going over it in my head. Uh man, this is tough here. Um I do like Drake London there. Hmm, this is a tough one. I've got like all those wider that wide receiver so, is kind of screwing me a little bit. I feel yeah, like right looking here, at your team, you got you went running back, running back with McCaffrey Pollard, then you went quarterback Lamar Jackson. You just took Amari Cooper back on the clock. What position are you are you looking at receiver? You thinking running back? I could I could go with either one and be happy because my if I went with a third running back I I could just put him at my flex. Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go down the board a little bit and I know this is a reach but he won't be there the the next time around and I kind of see all these guys as the same between like Godwin Ayuk Marquise Brown uh, Christian Kirk I see all these guys the same. I'm gonna go with Mike Williams. I'm going to trust that oh, the new wow. the new the new offense gets him like, gets him there. there. Yeah, with Kellen Moore. And again, huh. I know I know it was a little bit of a reach, but there's nothing else I can do. Yep. 
So it, it is going to be interesting to see what Mike Williams can do with Quentin Johnson uh, being, you know, one of the first round or being a first round pick for the Chargers. So I wonder if that's going to take targets away from Mike Williams. I felt like you kind of cut out there again. So if you just said that, I am no, sorry if I just 100% repeated it. Uh, but I'm back on the clock with Trees taking Mike Williams. Um, I know I said I was going to try and stack it here with maybe going Trevor Lawrence, but like there's just a part of me that really wants to root for those. And I really want my team if he's going to be a hit this year, especially with the targets that he has. Uh, I just I'm excited about the future of the Bears. This is the team that I kind of want to put a stamp on for what Trees and I have just kind of always done since we've started doing talking football and is trying to like predict a team that we think is going to have like a bright future. And we nailed it the first time we did it with the Buffalo Bills. We were close with Carolina, but Carolina just messed it up big time. And I think when we look for the next team, for me, it seems to be the Chicago Bears. I know we've kind of deemed Atlanta as our team. But, like, for me separately, I'm just really looking at Chicago thinking, like, hey, this is a team that's made a lot of offseason additions, and they've made some great picks as well. And I think this is going to be the team that maybe just kind of surprises some people this year. So, again, I'm hyping myself up in my pick here, taking Justin Fields. Sorry for the long explanation. Hey, don't forget, last year we had the Lions, too. We had our Lions last year. Uh, after Austin, it went J.K. Dobbins, Miles Sanders, Damian Pierce, and Jerry Judy here in the fifth round before me at 5'10". I actually, I, I love this. Uh, so my team right now, I got Nick Chubb, Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, Herbert. And right now I am going to take Drake London because I feel like both of you guys were on the verge of taking him. He dropped me here at 5'10". He's my third receiver, my flex. And I think he's going to be obviously the number one in the offense and really could do well with Ritter here season one. Uh, after me, when Dallas Goddard, Trevor Lawrence does come off the board, Alexander Madison, Cam Akers. So now I'm back. I'm not going to do the Kyle Pitts thing. I'm just going to let someone else live <laughs> that life. I'm just, I'm just not interested. Like, I think we're at the point where Kyle Pitts, yes, he's a unicorn, phenomenally talented. I'm okay someone else being right and me being wrong for a year until we see it. But looking down the board, this seems to be where you just kind of look for bulk, Right. So looking at it, there's a guy here where I think is going to get a shit ton of work. Can I say that? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't know how we were on ease and not things. Anyway, this is a guy here in the sixth round that could very easily be a top 10 running back this year because of his scoring. So I'm taking James Connor from Arizona because he's it on offense. So yeah. as long as he's well, healthy, I... he, as long as he's healthy, he's going to get touches. I was worried you were going to take Dalvin Cook, but it doesn't matter because the computer took him right before me. So now I am up. Um, who went? Uh, you took James Conner, then it went Chris Godwin, DeAndre Swift, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, uh, and then Dalvin Cook, like I just mentioned. So I'm back up. I'm actually focusing on running back now since I have Najee Harris. I'm going to be a little bit of a homer here, and I'm going to take Isaiah Pacheco, this guy who just runs hard. He almost had a 1,000 yards rushing last year, scored in the Super Bowl, was a huge impact in the playoffs for the Chiefs as well. And now he gets a full offseason and a full season as the number one guy in terms of running the football. Uh, with that offensive line that he's got, uh, I think this kid's going to be eating it up, and the Chiefs' offense is going to be even scarier now that they have a true running back that you have to respect. Yeah, I like the pick, honestly. Um, all right, I'm up. I'm going to take Christian Kirk here. Uh, I think that a lot of people are scared because Ridley's now in town, but Christian Kirk is still best friends with Trevor Lawrence. They do everything together. He's coming off a 1,100-yard year, eight touchdowns. Sure, he might not be able to match that, but as a wide receiver three, if he can get somewhat close to it, I'm going to be pretty excited. So I'm taking Christian Kirk here. Coming back around. I'm back around. I'm back on the clock. So we had Pitts go, then Rashad White, Ayuk, Lockett, uh, Dak Prescott, and then Pittman goes. So I am back on the clock, and whew, it is getting ugly out there. I mean, this well, okay. This is a dead zone area. So the there's a guy I want to. There's a guy I want to talk about. So we are here in the seventh round, and Javante Williams is still yeah. on the board. And I'm just curious. You know, listen, one of you two might take him. And I hope I'm not like sniping Austin through trees. I'm just curious how you two feel about him because I think he's very interesting. He's apparently healed like a Wolverine. And if he's healthy and you can get him in the seventh round, you just stole from the bank. Exactly. 
Yeah, I mean, that's what he is, right? But also, how many players have come back from the injury he had? It wasn't just an ACL, right? It was an MCL. It was more. It was both, yeah. Yeah. But again, he's going to be playing the preseason, so he has to be, excuse me, somewhat healthy. So, like, yes, and I was looking at him and stuff like that. But kind of like what you were saying with Pitts, like, maybe I'm just a year off and maybe I, you know, it is what it is. It's it's kind of how I feel right now with with him. I'm just like, yeah, it's a little too much risk for me, especially yep. in round and seven. I, I expected a big year from him last year. I was excited to see when when uh, Denver drafted him uh, to begin with because, like, well, this is going to be a guy that's, you know, he's going to come in ready to rock and roll. He's the other running back from North Carolina, right? It was him and Michael Carter. He goes to Denver, yeah. Michael Carter goes to the Jets. Yeah. So I even remember thinking, like, man, I feel like the Broncos kind of got the better end of the deal on that. Um, and then it got to a point where last year I was excited for him heading into the season. Like, this is going to be a guy that a lot of people aren't giving recognition to. He thought it was going to be a fantasy steal. I think I got him, like, probably around this time period last year in the draft as well. And then he gets hurt at the beginning of the season. So I'm kind of in Teresa's boat here where it's like, okay, maybe I should just kind of wait. And I had five seconds, so I had to hurry and pick. Um, I was, gonna, I was but, like, you're yeah, on the clock. <laughs> yeah, but um, I did go with Mike Evans. And, yes, I understand Tom Brady's not there, and it's going to be Baker and Trask and that. But as a wide receiver for, like, I'm going to trust the talent of Mike Evans here, and he's going to be able to have some weeks that he pops off. So I'm taking Mike Evans there. I feel after not going wide receiver the first three rounds, I feel pretty good about my wide receiver core in Cooper, Williams, Kirk, and Evans. Yeah, and I'm sitting here looking at, like, Jackson Smith and Jigba being available. I don't know how I feel about taking rookie receivers, especially when you have DK Metcalf on the other side and Tyler Lockett with you, and Pete Carroll loves to run the football. I also don't know how much of a believer I am in Geno Smith. So there's a part of me that's kind of like, eh, like, I'll I'll miss out on Jackson Smith and Jigba this year, but if he's good, I'll get him next year early on. Like, he'll be the guy I want to get because I am a fan of him. But I am going to take a guy that I think's proven – um, in a sense of we've seen him make big catches. We've seen him be the guy. We've seen him help his quarterback lead some comeback victories. And that's going to be George Pickens with the Steelers. So I'm taking another one. I got Najee Harris. Now I got George Pickens. And I'm just a huge fan of his game and just him off the field as well. I think his personality is hilarious. Yeah, I think that's great. I think he's definitely going to be the wide receiver one in Pitt this year. After Austin, it went JSN, uh, Voldemort, uh, Jordan Addison, and then Tua before I'm up on the clock here. And guys, I listen, my running back room right now is Nick Chubb and James Connor. At wide receiver, I got Devonta Adams, Keenan Allen, Drake London. Absolutely love my wide receiver room. Herbo, a quarterback. Javante Williams fell to me. And I just think between James Connor and Javante Williams, I should have a healthy running back with <laughs> running back one upside. You okay, just so you just need Connor to stay healthy for the first like four games. Yeah, exactly. Is that so much to ask for? So I'm smashing Javante here. I kind of love my team right now. Right also, after me. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, sorry. I was gonna say right after me was Anthony Richardson, Darren Waller, Jahan Dotson, and then Deontay Johnson for him back up. Go ahead. The, the true Steelers wide receiver one right there. De- Deontay. Deontay. Johnson. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah, no, it's cool. Sorry, I just um, had to say because I, I just didn't agree with your guys' take, so I need to – There is a absolute swarm of tight ends right now. I don't know how you guys feel about tight end. I feel like I usually have a pretty good barometer on getting one late. So I think I'm just going to continue Sorry. to stack my depth now with high upside players because I feel really good about my starters. So this is this is something I do in drafts all the time. Is like if the first couple rounds go well, and I'm like, yep, feel good about the lineup – then just I start getting dart throws I feel really good about, start getting some good scratch-off tickets. So looking at things, I went pretty running back heavy, but James Cook is there. He is supposed to be the lead back this year in Buffalo. Uh, Traylon Burks is there. Kadarius Tony. if you really want to live dangerously. Um, man, I don't love this. Okay, I got a guy. So I was scrolling through, scrolling through. You guys heard me think out loud found mm-hmm. a guy who could be, should be, will be the wide receiver one on their team, even though he's a rookie, Mr. Zay Flowers from the Baltimore Ravens. Been tearing up camp. Yes. He was he was the Boston College offense last year. Yep, for sure. Yep. Um, and Rashad Bateman did return to practice today for the first time all offseason. So that I 
Honestly, I think that's a good thing for Zay Flowers. But um, I yeah. like the pick. Uh, and then there goes James Cook, Kadarius Tony, AJ Dillon, Jamal Williams, and Austin. You are on the clock. Yep, uh, Dan. I really thought you were going Odell, <laughs> Odell Beckham with the way you were kind nope. of explaining that. Nope. Um, nope. I this is kind of where I want to maybe take a reach on Jameson Williams, just kind of being you know I'm safe and comfortable with my other receivers that I have, and then once he comes back from suspension, then he's going to be good to go. But how long suspension is it? Six games. Correct. So maybe I'll try and wait a little longer on that. Cordell Sutton is another name that I'm looking at just due to the fact that he's also coming off injury. think he can have a big year, especially with Sean Payton being your offensive coordinator and your head coach. He's going to dial you up. He's going to put you in good positions. Russell Wilson still got a strong arm, not as athletic as what he's used to. I know those were the reports coming out of camp. I was thinking if you've been watching Russell Wilson play the last couple of years, you already know that. So I think that is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to add to my right, my wide receiver depth, and I'm going to kind of reach a little bit here and take, ooh, Cordell Sutton. Yep, that's what I'm going to do. All right, that's a good pick. Um, I've actually never owned this player in fantasy ever, so it's a fun little take here. But is it my guy? Is it our guy? Uh, I, you and I have a you and I have a pet together. And it, is it him? I no, it's not him. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not him. Uh, but <laughs> I, very I, I think. Right yeah, now. I think. I think I know who you're talking about. But honestly, we've talked about so many players. I don't really know. I'll just say, are you talking about Rashad Penny? No. Oh, okay. Then. Oh, that's who I thought you were. Who are you talking about? <laughs> I'm talking about Evan Ingram. Oh, okay. Oh, gotcha. Obviously. Sorry, I was wondering. Yeah. Well, I've been, I've been hyping. Backs. I've been hyping him up to you for the last freaking year and a half yeah sorry i was only looking at running back and wide receivers um but anyways my answer is actually going to be antonio gibson i know he's been kind of a letdown as of late but i kind of feel like the brian robinson stuff has come and gone and they know what he is now and they're going to need a pass catcher and i think he's going to be it Uh, mckissick is not there anymore so uh, i think he's going to have a little bit more of a role um after that brandon cooks michael thomas friarmouth montgomery Traylon Burks and then Quentin Johnson is up or, or went. So now I am back up and now it is, where do I go here? Um, geez, this is tough. This is tough folks. Um, what are you looking at? So I like Evan Ingram here. I think I've waited long enough for tight end. Um, but I also like some other tight ends later. Uh, so if I went back to running backs, I don't really like anybody right now. I think they're all kind of the same at this point, even if I go down quite a bit. So I'm looking at wide receiver. Gabe Davis kind of burned me a little bit last year, but I actually truly believe it had to do with the ankle sprain and he's actually better than what he showed last year. And they still did not bring in another wide receiver worth threat, a real threat to him. So he's going to have a role. Um, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take Gabe Davis here. Juju was tempting, even though Juju's not great. But he is the number one for New England. So, but I'm going to take Gabe Davis here and just say, hey, I got another deep threat guy as a wide receiver five. And I love it. It's it's worth noting you probably also didn't take Juju because Mac Jones is ass. Also true. I don't know if I'm out on Mac Jones yet. Dude had a defensive coordinator calling plays last year. He was just, I felt like he was finished his rookie season strong. He was a Pro Bowl. I get it. But then, like last year. He didn't have anything. There was nothing there for him. His offensive line wasn't good. You didn't have any true wide receivers that you could rely on. Your running back situation was all right, but they were battling with injuries. And then you, the play calling was just atrocious. I think this could be a year we look at Mac Jones like, all right, damn, maybe we kind of just jumped off the tracks a little too soon. But that's just my take on that. Here, back to my pick. I'm taking Rashad Penny just due to the fact that I do need another running back, having Najee Harris on Isaiah Pacheco. I'm happy with it, but Rashad Penny is just going to add some quality depth for me moving forward at this point in the draft. Yeah, I think that's a great pick. Uh, after you uh, went Njoku, Juju, Evan Ingram, and then Zach Charbonnet, which I think is another interesting name. I'm up, and man, I don't want to keep just stacking running backs, but the values, guys, it's it's just there. It's just there. So I went down the list a little bit and running back one for a team that is also, I think, going to run the ball quite a bit. The Chicago Bears is out there. So I'm going to grab Khalil Herbert. After me, Kirk Cousins, Brian Robinson, Odell, Samaje Pirine. My plan worked. I am going to do something kind of dirty here. Um, 
I'm going to take the San Francisco 49ers defense round 10 mm. because I feel like every year there's like one or two defenses and it's like, yep, you can set it and forget it. Otherwise you just stream every week. Who's playing the commanders who's playing, you know, insert crappy team, Arizona, et cetera. The 49ers get to play Arizona twice. Okay. And they have a pretty easy, easy schedule otherwise. So I think they're a very easily the number one defense, and I don't really play any leagues with defense. Uh, one, so I will be targeting the 49ers, especially in a draft like this that I feel so good about my lineup right now. I still don't have a tight end, but I love my lineup. Yeah, yeah. so I'm in the exact same position. I was looking at defenses as well, and I was really worried you were going to take this one. But I'm going to take the Georgia Bulldogs, I mean the Philadelphia Eagles defense. I'm going to roll with that. I like what you did there. I I I see what you did there. Very very clap. Very clap. I mean, you know, you just you know what they say. I'm quite the jokester, so yeah, absolutely. Is that what they say about you? No, probably not. (laughs) I'm sure they do. How old are you? How'd you lose your hair? Stress, dog. Yeah, I still got I still got all my hair. Stick as shit. Good, good for you. Thank you for rubbing it in. All right, I'm going to I'm going to get my stack with my wider or with my quarterback. Uh, I have Lamar Jackson. I'm going to take Rashad Bateman. When Bateman's on the field, he has been pretty elite when a fantasy when it comes to fantasy. So give me Bateman here in round ten. I'm pretty stoked on it. Actually, uh, side note, Austin, I don't know if you know this about me. So I get my hair cut every other week, right? Mm-hmm. Do you want? Know do you know also happens when I get my hair cut every other week? What? I actually I actually have uh, my hair thinned every other week because otherwise it's too thick i can't do anything with it i just wanted to let you know (laughs) i just want to let you know (laughs) i love telling people that and they're just like i hate you on a molecular level yeah all right um after bateman a chain commit uh harris gino lazard mckinnon went eyes back on the clock I ended up getting my tight end, and I went with Dalton Kincaid. Yes, he's a rookie. Yes, it's probably scary, but, I mean, he has more upside than any other tight end that's left, so I just went with it. If I missed out on him, then it really was a true shot in the dark. So that is why I went with him there and not a defense, because I actually thought about defense as well. But you guys took both of them. So. Yep, and I'm looking at tight end as well. That's the one position I do not have yet. I'm kind of stuck in a position where it's like, okay, hey, Dulcich in Tennessee – and Denver, excuse me, Tyler Higby with the Rams or Sam Laporta, the rookie from Iowa that's now with Detroit. Those are kind of the three that I'm looking at that I think could provide me some quality play. Um, with Higby, I'm leaning more towards just because the only other receiver that they truly have is Cooper Cup. I get that. Um, with Laporta, you're just a rookie. Even when TJ Hawkinson was there, I don't think they used him as efficiently, and that was pretty much part of the reason why they traded him. Um, so I'm kind of stuck in a – you know, between a rock and a hard spot here, but I think I'm just going to lean towards Higby just due to the fact that he is going to be another quality, reliable receiving option for Matthew Stafford. Okay. So I was also looking at tight end and in between us when Adam Thielen, uh, Chig from Tennessee, Russell Wilson and the Jets defense out of the tight ends you listed, actually Greg Dulcich is my favorite. Uh, He had a couple, I think at four weeks where he was a top five tight end. Sean Payton historically uses tight ends very well. Russell Wilson does rely on tight ends quite a bit historically as well. So I think he could have a big year in the Denver offense. And, you know, like you said, a lot of the big name guys are gone. So we're kind of like, hey, who do you feel good about? But at the same time, are you ready to pivot from at any point? And that's where I am with Dulcich. I think he's got a lot of high upside, but I also like am not attached. I'm going to ride out multiple two-point weeks. I could pivot in a hurry. Uh, after me went the Bills defense, Daniel Jones, Dallas's defense, and Tyler Boyd. So with my second to last pick here, ooh, boys, I don't love this at all. Um, okay, you know what? I'm going to take one of these two, and I don't think either one's going to get to you, Austin, so I can ask you about it straight up. How do we feel about the Kansas City wide receiver core? So um, I know Rasheed Rice it's... got hurt at practice the other day. Skymore didn't really do anything as a rookie. So I just, you know, with you being the Chiefs guy, what's the vibe? Um, So rookies, it 
tend to never do well in Andy Reid's system. Um, I do think the wide receiver room um, does have a lot more depth this year, which is something to be excited about. Last year, there really wasn't that much. Um, Kadarius Tony is expected to come back to start the season. Um, expect to be there for the opener against the Lions, at least. With Sky Moore, I think that's probably your best bet, just due to the fact that he's going to be your primary uh, receiving target that can be a threat outside of Travis Kelsey. MBS is really going to stretch the field and kind of be that third down quality guy, but he's not going to be, you know, really that true first, second down target like a Sky Moore might be where you're kind of building a game plan around them as well. So that would be who I lean towards uh, okay. the most if that's where you're going. By any chance, did I miss the news? Did Sky Moore change his number? Is he still wear 24? Still wears 24. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that I can't do that. I would love to say so like I was ready to take whatever wide receiver you told me to right here. So I was leaning Sky Moore, but he wears 24 and I have a code. I can't I can't do that. So we're going down the list and what we're going to do is uh, we're going to take John Mechie from Houston guy. I'm really high on. I like the story. Uh, so we're throwing darts here in the last two rounds. And I like, you know, he could could be their first wide receiver. Could be. Okay, and so Sky Moore just went, so I can't get him either way. Um, but quick question for you: You mentioned uh, Rasheed Rice got injured in camp. I've somehow missed this. What did you hear? I just he just um he got dinged up and they, like he walked off on his own. Oh, something okay. like that. I'll find I it. It wasn't like, like an it wasn't like he's something. down with a cart. No, uh, yeah, I was it like, was, man, what the heck did I miss? Uh, injury so, alert: Rasheed Rice was seen limping off the practice field today alongside a Chiefs trainer. So I guess not really anything big. Okay. Um, so for me, I'm sitting here. I got my three running backs. I feel like I got a good quality in receivers. I got my tight end. I got a defense that I'm happy with in the Philadelphia Eagles. Two more picks. I'm really just kind of round out my team. Uh, just kind of add some value. I might try and reach at this spot as well. And so this is going to be a giant reach for me just due to the fact that usually my last pick of the draft means absolutely nothing. Um, so I'm going to kind of go with, and I call it a reach. It might not be that big of a deal here, but I'm going to take Ezekiel Elliott just due to the fact that he's going to go somewhere as a running back and probably end up taking over the job and the position. And we're going to be like, damn, all right, Dallas may have given up a, a year too soon here or him finding a new home was the best thing for him, wherever that is. Yeah. So after I took Kincaid, I was like, okay, there's three running backs that I want and they have gone they were all the way still available. And then the last two, two of the three have gone. So uh, Elijah Mitchell was one of them because I have CMC. I wanted to have just the 49ers backfield. He's gone Zeke because I actually deep down kind of think he goes back to the Cowboys. I think he, I think he goes back for on a cheap deal. Look, they need each other. I know they do. They like, do. It, they it do. just feels like it. So, um, so good pick. Austin is what I'm getting at there. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go with tank Bigsby, a little bit of a Homer pick, uh, Jags backup running back rookie, but he's, he's shown flashes at camp, a lot of good praise there. And if ETN goes down, I want the running back of this offense. I think this offense is going to be top five in the league. So I just want as many players as I can on top 10 offenses. So give me tank Bigsby there for my last bench spot. All right. My last pick, and I have to go defense because that's the only one that I don't have at this point. And it's a little tough, man. It is um it's scary, but I think I yeah, I actually know where I'm gonna go. I'm taking the Atlanta Falcons. They're in a shit division. Our Falcons, let's I'm, go. I'm like they're in a shit division. I think they're get to play some really bad teams, some really bad quarterbacks. And they brought in a ton of talent this offseason. So Dean Pease, too. Yeah. So, anyways, I'm taking the Falcons. It's not the best defense that was on the board, but I kind of just like the – and I play – I stream defenses anyway, so it doesn't really matter. There we go. I'm up again. And, you know, there was a name that I didn't mention, Dan, when you asked me my thoughts on this wide receiver room for the Kansas city chiefs. And the it's guy that I Justin did not Ross. mention is fucking Justin Ross. And that's Jesus who I'm Christ. taking here with this last pick. This is my one Homer pick that I'm going to take here in this draft. Just due to the fact that I think there is a really good possibility that this six, four wide receiver who has shown the ability to go up and come down with some key catches, good body control on the sidelines and the back of the end zone of training camp and catching these balls from Patrick Mahomes. He is opening up 
a portal for Patrick Mahomes and, you know, him being more comfortable making the type of throws that we've not seen him make in his career, where the last pick of the draft is going to be an effort pick anyways. It might as well be with someone that I'm super excited and hoping for. And it is going to be Justin Ross with the Kansas City Chiefs. And I love that, Austin, because if you're going to if you're going to shoot your shot, this is when you shoot your shot. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it absolutely is. So after after Austin, big run of defenses, Rasheed Rice comes off the clock right before me. So with my last pick, looking at the old roster right now, quarterback, we got Justin Herbert, tailback, we got Nick Chubb, and then the law firm of uh, Connor Williams Herbert at uh, wide receiver, Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, Greg Dulcich, and then Drake London, 49ers D. So I feel really good about my entire team. So I think I'm just going to kind of jump in line here and I'm going to take another shot at tight end because I'm deep at running back. I'm deep at receiver. I don't need a second quarterback with Herbert. Whenever he's on a bye week I'm just going to pick up somebody off the waiver wire, you know, whoever, maybe Mike White's playing by then. I'll play with that. So I'm going to shoot another shot at tight end. Oh, trees. Can I, can I guess who it is? Sure. Uh, I'm going to say because I know you're a Gieski guy or Irv Smith, because I also know you love Irv Smith. Love me some Irv Smith. Uh, Austin, <laughs> do you got to guess a tight end who I'm going with? Um, let me take a look real quick. Dalton uh, Knox. That, that's not a player. Dawson. Excuse me. I don't know why I said I could Dalton. take Dawson Knox. Uh, so I've had Gerald Everett on multiple teams, and – He's oh, inconsistent. He's inconsistent. Don't and buy, don't buy never, into it again. I never, don't play, do I never it. play him the right week, so I'm not touching him. I'm not touching okay. him, okay? Thank We're about God. growth on this podcast. I like Michael Mayer because he's going to be the tight end one in Oakland, but oh, rookie tight ends do take time. So – we're going to go Irv Smith one last ride with Joe Burrow. Joe, hey, listen, it's worked before in Cincinnati. They always get these tight ends off the scrap heap. They come in, they put up 800 yards and eight touchdowns. Yeah. Absolutely here for it. I knew it. I knew it. I love it. All right, cool. I was I, almost expecting Taysom Hill from you. I No, I I do not like Taysom Hill. No. <laughs> I freaking do not. Yeah, why? Because he is the poster child for how – the Saints manipulate the salary cap and people don't understand that like, he's making 42 million. How are you? Like, no, he's not. He signed a contract for 42 million that was absolutely latent with non-guaranteed money and incentives. So top end it was that much. Read the fine print people. There goes Saints did it again. Like, no, you're an idiot. Read a book. I love it. I love it. All right. So Dan, you kind of just read it off your, your team right before that. So Austin, I'll, I'll go over to you. You want to read off your team? Do you, do you still have it open? Yep. I do. I'm sitting right here. First pick, I went Stefan Diggs, rounded it up with Garrett Wilson, Najee Harris, Calvin Ridley, then got my quarterback in Justin Fields, then went running back at Isaiah Pacheco, back to receiver with George Pickens. Cortland Sutton, which might have been a reach, got another running back in Rashad Penny, went defense with the Philadelphia Eagles, then got my tight end in Tyler Higby, Ezekiel Elliott, and then just rounded it out with Justin Ross. Nice. Cool. And then I went Lamar. I'm just reading down my starting lineup. Uh, Lamar, uh, CMC, Tony Pollard, Amari Cooper, Mike Williams, Dalton Kincaid, Christian Kirk, got the Falcons defense, and then as my bench, I got Mike Evans, Antonio Gibson, Gabe Davis, Rashad Bateman, and then Tank Bigsby. So I think we both, all three, actually both, there's three of us. All three of us have some like huge strengths on our teams. We all have some weaknesses, but like, I think overall we no. did pretty dang good. I don't, I don't see, we, I don't see a single weakness on my team. I'm going to be honest with you. Well, I mean, <laughs> to each their own, to each their own. I was just thinking, I'm glad that we don't, that like this wasn't an actual league draft because I don't know how the three of us can all win the championship at the same time. Exactly. And that would be an, that would be an issue for me. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I love it. All right, cool. Um, I think that does it for us. Uh, football's back basically. Weekend, we got preseason. Love to see it. So, okay. So I love doing mock drafts. I think you guys are the same way. Before a draft, how many mock drafts will you do? Um. So my home league is a keeper league. Plus, mm-hmm. it is a um. It's not a snake draft, right? So it's hard for me to really do 
mocks, I guess is where I'm like okay. at, so, at a salary cap one. It's hard for me to do mocks. I still do some to get a general idea of how much players are going to go for, but like, it's also hard because the keepers inflate numbers. Like once you get into your draft room. So it's also hard to really plan for it. So on, so like my big redraft league is also a keeper and on sleeper, you can manually place players. That's nice. So as soon as those get finalized, I think on Friday, the keepers do. So I'm going to plug those in and then like you can trade picks. So I can also go in and like build a mock draft around that league. Like you can trade picks. This pick actually belongs to user two, whatever. And uh, I'm pretty excited about that. I'm probably going to do like 38 mock drafts or 40 mock drafts for that league. Just like, like, Hey, TV's on like, like, you know, instead of like scrolling Twitter, I'm going to do a mock draft. Yeah. So Austin, you went from, I know a couple of years ago, you were like, Hey, I'm in one league. And then all of a sudden you went to like 19 leagues, like in one year. Mm-hmm. And now have you kind of gone back down or are you still in all those leagues? Um, so as of right now, I'm in the league with Matt and Mello. I'm in our league, the sleeper league that we joined. And I'm in a league with my buddies from high school and a league with my buddies from college. So I'm in okay, four. So four. And, and ours is a dynasty league. So it's already over and all that. So that's nice. So yep. you're in three, you're in three redraft leagues. Yep. All right, cool. That's not bad. Nice. All right. Okay. Well, football is, football is here. Let's go. Yes, Rock sir. Next, hey, hey, next week we will have preseason games to have talked about. Yeah, it'll be awesome. Just let that soak in. Let it soak in, guys. It'll be great. Oh, it's going to be good. All right. Okay. We appreciate y'all. And tonight we've been talking football.